0: Hello again, Um, I said before my name is Tim. Uh, I just got back from uh, Elder Sabbatical, actually. And uh, you know, it's great that we have these sabbaticals because uh, first of all, I get a break from all of you. And uh, even better, you get a break from me. Uh, And you know, while uh, I was on sabbatical, uh, and it had been been a busy time before I I started mine, I got to see a lot of people step up, you know, all the elders uh, who uh, were leading, um, Brian and Dave, Ross and Fred. Uh, and um, even being back today, I get to see an old friend, Bob. Uh, Bob, who's been uh, singing um, at the head of our church for decades, and it's great to see him again. Uh, and it's great to see all of you uh, out there who are um, subscribing on YouTube. So um, I wanted to uh, address our question for today, which is what does love look like in 2020? And my short answer is we need more. We need more love. I've uh, learned over the years that my wife is a much better listener than I am. But even I can tell that we're not listening to each other very well these days about pandemics or politics or race, and that's just off the top of my head. So we need more love. But it's not just that we need more. We need better love, too. We need supernatural love in 2020. I want to first start with natural love, though. Um, it's been a long time, but I see that the Billboard music um, organization is still out, still out there. Now they have this global 200 chart. So I looked at it. And the top three songs uh, worldwide uh, in their ranking are um, BTS, singing in Korean about an ex-lover, Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez singing in Spanish about uh, physical attraction, Uh, BTS again, but singing in English uh, about loving themselves, something about lighting it up like dynamite. Um, What does that even mean? And um, uh, the, the uh, top song for female artists right now is at number six, and it's uh, Ariana Grande uh, singing about a delicate subject that I'll be soon talking to my 11-year-old about. So to find something on that list that wasn't about falling in love, falling out of love, sex, um, I had to go all the way down to number 36, which is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. And according to Billboard, then, these top 35 songs, whether they're in Korean, Spanish, or English, are about natural love. And romantic love is one aspect of natural love, and other facets could include uh, the love of nature. And there can be people who uh, love uh, the beauty that God has created. Um, So, it's more of an aesthetic appreciation. While others, they may uh, love learning how things work in creation. And I'd call that more of a scientific admiration. There's also the love of art and technology, what people have created. Uh, I have three kids. One of them loves TikTok. Another one loves video games. And the third is lobbying for Instagram. Yeah, you might be a little bit too young for Instagram. By the way, I think I saw your dad at the first service and he probably had to go to work, which is why he wasn't able to come to the second service with you, right? Okay, cool. Um, I really like this interactive thing, by the way. I don't think I've ever done this pre-COVID, like talk to a family. I actually got to talk to a puppy in the first service. Okay, but technology isn't only what engineers are making today. Um, Adam and Eve introduced the very first technology, clothes. And I don't know if you know this, but the World Bank estimates that 10% of all of our carbon emissions are from the fashion industry. So that's a whole lot of natural love, right, for clothes. And one very special technology is money. And Jesus specifically taught us about the love of God and money, that we actually have to learn to hate one in order to love the other. We can't serve both God and money. Uh, The final um, piece or element of natural love that I wanted to discuss was uh, loving your family. And in his sermon on the mount, Jesus said this, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? You, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Jesus is asserting here that even hateful people love their children. I think he summarizes natural love in Luke chapter 6, where he says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. The extent to which you love yourself is the maximum by which you can love others. But the sociological history and data sets reveal that natural love is also loving self at the expense of others, and not everything is win-win. Sometimes it can be I win, you lose. Okay, so now how about supernatural love? Supernatural love is the converse of natural love. If natural love is loving self at the expense of others, then supernatural love is loving others at the expense of self. How much something costs matters. If I buy an ice cream for one of my children, that's not a big expense. But if I empty out everything I have in the bank so one of them could have a transplant operation, that is a substantial cost. If I donate a pint of my blood for this operation, that's not a big ask. But if I'm donating my kidney or even one of my eyes, then that's a significant cost. So going back to Luke chapter six, you know, Jesus said, if you love those who love you, if you do good to those who do good to you, and if you lend, expecting to receive back, He follows that up by saying this, but love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the most high, for he is kind to the grateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Loving your enemies is supernatural love, why? Because it costs you something. Your enemy can respond to your love with more injustice, and lending something of significance and expecting nothing back—that's also supernatural love. Being merciful, giving something to someone who doesn't deserve it—it's supernatural love. And God and Jesus says there's a benefit to us, a credit to us when we love like God does. So you might thinking, be thinking to yourself, Tim, um, you know, I'm not. Sure, why you're calling all of this supernatural love? Because you know, even people far from God, you know, they can be sometimes capable of this. And you know, I will agree with you to a point. Uh, before my first child was born, <clears throat> I had adopted someone else—a really wonderful, brave, beautiful, loyal, loving girl. Uh, my dog Hildegard, She's a Rottweiler. And if you haven't experienced the uh, special love of dogs, then you might be a turtle person or a fish person. But uh, Hilde was very brave. One time uh, she sensed that something strange was going on down the hall from my in-laws apartment. And she became really agitated. So, you know, after a while we, we looked at her, we opened the door, peeked down the hallway, and when we opened the door, she started barking even more strenuously. And she wanted to go out, and she wanted to go and deal with whatever was happening down there. And it turns out there were actually a couple of robbers trying to break into the neighbor's apartment. And when they saw her and they heard her, they dropped their big box of tools and they ran away. And I don't think a turtle or fish would have done that. Maybe not even a cat. But even though she was brave, Hildy had fear as well she was afraid of being disciplined. And we disciplined her a lot from the time we got her as a puppy because, you know, she's a Rottweiler. People give them a bad rap. It turns out that they're actually one of the most obedient breeds there is, Uh, but uh, we we tried very hard to train her properly. We went to the ASPCA to learn how to do that. Um, I had a friend, a church friend, who used to deliver mail, and he always used to tell me the same joke. What has, four ar- of what has four legs and an arm, a Rottweiler. But Hilde was disciplined. You know, she was really awesome. Another thing that Hilde was afraid of was being abandoned. Once, uh, we left her in a kennel for a couple of weeks so we could take an extended vacation. And uh, she was quite aloof with us when we came to pick her up after that. You know, she had this vibe of, You know, do I even know you? Who are you? So, like Hilde, you know, we also have fears. We have fear of discipline. We can have fear of abandonment. And the struggle of walking with God faithfully is dealing with these fears, wondering if God really has what's best for us. John the Baptist is an example of this. Um, He paved the way for Jesus' public ministry, Uh, and yet... In his final days, when he was sitting on death row, he reached out to Jesus one last time. And he asked, are you really the one? So even John the Baptist had some doubts. He had some fears. And it's our fears, whether we know we have them or not, that keep us from God's supernatural love. So if you could bring up the first slide Uh, I want to ring our main passage from 1 John 4, which talks about supernatural love. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. When we begin a relationship with God and continue in that relationship with him, we begin to love supernaturally. It's a miracle that we can even have this relationship with God. And so it follows that evolving our love to love like God does is supernatural. Uh, The next slide. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Perfect love, this is the supernatural love. From verse 18, I understand that the opposite of love isn't just hate, it's fear. We can associate the word fear with running away. If you're hateful, you attack. But you still attack what you fear. We hate what we fear. So when I talk about natural love, I'm talking about love that exists alongside fear. And natural love can even come up in church. I've spent some meaningful time with our church's Racial Reconciliation Task Force uh, since this past summer. It's hard to talk about racism. Some of you might think that racism doesn't exist anymore. Others of you might be fully committing yourselves to becoming anti-racist and doing that work. Uh, But people are afraid to talk about racism and so some people might attack the concept of racism. Uh, others might be afraid, but they avoid any discussion about it. And speaking about these, you know, deep things like history, and privilege, and structural injustice in our country, it's discomforting. Not knowing how to fix racism in America, it's scary. But. I think it's pretty clear that a fearful church isn't the solution. In fact, a fearful church could be part of the problem. This is one reason why we need supernatural love. It's completely understandable to be afraid, afraid of discipline, afraid of abandonment, and to wanna push those fears into the darkest corner of our closet. But like this verse says, if God abides in us, and we in him, those fears will be driven out. So let's move to the next slide. We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Because we lack supernatural love, the church can be weaker. As it pertains to racism, we think that diversity and multiculturalism, these are the answers. And diversity and multicultural, they're fine, but they're not enough. In order to solve real conflicts, violence, structural injustices, We need supernatural love. We need to love like Jesus. I think what this means is learning about another person's pain even before we meet that person. And it means that we do something about injustice like the good Samaritan who went to help a victim of injustice. So this calls for supernatural love. Jesus knew our pain before we met him. And he did something about our pain, just like the Good Samaritan. So last month, as part of this task force, I was able to receive love, supernatural love, from one of my fellow leaders, uh, Connie. She uh, talked about the Asian American experience with racism at this level of understanding that I'd never heard before from someone who was an Asian. I could tell that she had really done her homework and that she understood what people different from her have experienced. She put in this time and effort to love. And I appreciate the investment she poured into this because I could tell it was substantial. I think maybe the main reason why the church is shrinking today in some ways is that we don't have enough supernatural love. We love when it's cheap, but when love is expensive, we become afraid. So we love naturally, we love like atheists love, we love like my dog Hildy loved. I was born to parents who loved me. When I was a child, you know, I used to worry about what other people thought. And as I became a man, you know, I stopped worrying about what people thought. But now that I'm an older man or you know an old man, I realize you know I'm still being afraid. I'm afraid of being abandoned, whether it's by God or by the people I love. Um, and because perfect love hasn't driven out all this fear, I don't yet have the relationships that I want. I am not that parent who only passes good things to his children and keeps anything toxic from me or the past from leaking out into them. It's really late in my life to be figuring this out, but I'm not giving up. I'm still doing that work. And, you know, if I had to pick someone to preach this sermon on love uh, this Advent Sunday, I would not have picked myself. In a way, I'm even a hypocrite just for standing up here talking to you about love. But, you know, one of the best youth leaders this church has ever had Uh, who's here right now, Christy, she once told our class of middle schoolers uh, the story about her and her dad. So her dad was a pastor, and he would preach these sermons, and she as a teenager would say, you know, Dad, you should not be preaching that sermon. You know, And you know what he told her? And I carry this uh, with me all the time. It's like he said, you know, sometimes these sermons are for me. And those of you who know me well you know you know, I'm a pretty confident person. Uh, I say wrong things sometimes, but I say them confidently. And I'm learning that my confidence is a feeling that's masking this fear I didn't even know I had. Confidence only exists with fear, right? You, you, you need it when there's a situation of risk or uncertainty. And if we put our confidence in Jesus, that's really what counts, the object of our confidence. But just feeling confident... It doesn't drive out fear. It's a mask for me. And power doesn't drive out fear either. When we talk about God being supernatural, we're usually talking about his supernatural power. God's power to create, to save us, to transcend all the laws of nature. And it's all true. Uh, Tony Evans said this about Jesus and his power. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. But Jesus came without popularity. He came without the most guns. He came without money. He had power, supernatural power, but he mostly decided against using his power, except to heal, except to calm the raging storm, except to teach, and all the power he used was to save. Even more important than God's power is the love that's behind that power. Because if God didn't love, if he didn't love the world, he would never have brought all of that power to bear. God's super, supernatural love for us is even greater than the power. Jesus, he left an existential glory in heaven, and he came down, he wrapped himself, he he trapped himself in a natural human body forever. Only supernatural love does that. So I think the ironic thing about all of this is that moving from supernatural to natural is supernatural. So I'll say it one more time. Coming from supernatural to natural is supernatural. Because it's only natural that someone would wanna move from natural to supernatural. Only supernatural love can pay this price. Jesus left the supernatural behind for the natural. And he said, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Do we measure love the way the world does, with feelings? Or do we measure love the way God does, with costs? For example, do I appreciate Connie's understanding of the Asian American experience because of how it made me feel? Or do I appreciate her for the work that she did? We prefer kisses from an enemy to wounds from a friend because the kisses make us feel good. We don't want wounds from friends who God could be using to improve us because they make us feel bad. But you can find this wisdom from King Solomon in the book of Proverbs. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Open rebuke can help us get better. Hidden love doesn't accomplish anything. Coming back to Jesus' sermon, he said, you know, which one of you, when you, uh, your son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how, how to give good things to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Supernatural love isn't about how we feel. It's about covering the cost. It's about making a way. And I'm not talking about money, even though money can be a tool to express love. The author John Eldridge, he says this, most that I've counseled over the years understand that Christianity is an offer of forgiveness made available to us through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. What they don't seem to grasp is there's more the forgiveness that was made available to each of us so that we might come home to the Father. Forgiveness is not the goal. Coming home to the Father is the goal. Jesus loves us enough to cover all your costs and mine. And if you don't know Jesus personally yet, I'd be happy to talk to you uh, about this after the service, um, You know, maybe with our masks on, several feet apart. Um, and uh, we can talk about how you can start that relationship with him. Today, we can come home to the Father, and we can ask him for good things. And only then can we love like he does. So the worship uh, team's gonna be coming back shortly, and I wanna leave you with this. Uh, Jesus said, "Greater greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Laying down your life for your friends doesn't only mean dying on a cross for them. Listening to a friend can be like being nailed to a cross sometimes. It can be your mission, your purpose, your sacrifice for your friend. We can listen the way Jesus died on the cross. That's one way to lay down our life. I'm not a good listener, but I'm getting better. This world needs the kingdom of God. A kingdom like no other. A kingdom of supernatural love. And in this Advent season, let's, more, let's look more deeply into this perfect love of Jesus because this is the true love that saves, this is the supernatural love that changes the world. Let's pray. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? God, we pray now, Heavenly Father, Jesus, our savior, our comforter, the Holy Spirit, We pray that you would love us with this perfect love that would drive out all our fear so we can love you and we can love others like you love them, like you love us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.